Hi, it's Kiffin Lobates here, and today's video is a response to a request from somebody called Youssef. And I'm afraid, I guess it's going to be a bit of a rambling mess, because it's about the metaverse. And quite frankly, the metaverse is a bit of a rambling mess. So I thought I would start off with a little bit of a discussion about an, a Finnish grant opportunity that I saw where the Institute for Technology of Finland was offering, or actually still is offering, 40,000 euros in grant funding for research into the metaverse. And the interesting thing is the definition that they provided for the metaverse. In their words, if I Actually, I'm not going to say it in their words because they're in Finnish and it's completely incomprehensible to 99.5% of the world's population. But to paraphrase their wording, they seem to consider the metaverse to be a haptically enabled, IoT-connected, virtual reality, multi-user, um, well, online role-playing game, effectively. They didn't use the phrase role-playing game, but that's kind of what it boiled down to. So they then went on to say that this is a great opportunity for Finnish research because these are all areas that Finland excels in. And indeed, there are a whole bunch of gaming companies and IoT companies and security companies and things like that in Finland. Um, one thing that is sadly missing is much work in the area of blockchain. There is a small dedicated band of people I know in Finland who are very, very keen on the technology, but on the whole, Finland is a bit behind the curve when it comes to blockchain and I think that's a bit of a shame because I think they'd be quite good at it because Finnish engineers tend to be pretty thorough and precise and well educated. I guess the issue is that Finland in my opinion would not rank as one of the top innovating countries in the world. They are very good at taking existing ideas and turning them into pretty good products when given the chance. Um, but not so much a uh, kind of let's come up with blue sky thinking type of country. And that's reflected in the character of the people. They're very solid, dependable and honest kinds of uh, people on the whole. So that's me generalizing one country and I hope I don't end up getting drummed out of the country by its inhabitants, but I doubt it somehow. They're pretty tolerant. Um, so what's the big thing that's missing? Well, I've already uh, explained that and that is blockchain. And the reason for that is that in my opinion, the key thing about the metaverse is going to be the fact that it is not centrally controlled by a traditional company that is the gatekeeper to everything contained in it. Instead, I think the idea should be that you have some kind of self-sovereign identity, so control over your representation in the world, within limits of course, and that assets in that world should be privately ownable by individuals. That is, once you own an asset, you should not find that it can be just arbitrarily taken off you. Because if you don't have those two things, then the description that the Institute of Technology has provided basically boils down to Fortnite with an Oculus Quest headset and a smartwatch. And really, that is not something particularly amazing. I mean, I'm sure that marketing people can have a wonderful time with it, but it's not exactly pushing the frontiers of technology. You'll see a lot of people talking about how some of the ideas that are being pushed out there as metaversy are really just rehashes of stuff that we've had for 10, 15 or 20 years. Um, now, of course, 
technology gets better, VR headsets get cheaper and more high def and uh, faster with their responses and more accurate with reading where your head and your hands are and so on. But ultimately, it's just incremental improvements on the same thing. Now, I think really it's worth going and looking at where this whole metaverse idea first kicked off. And it's in a novel by an author called Neil Stevenson. The novel is called Snow Crash. And by all accounts, he despairs of 95% of the things that he sees that are labeled as metaverse. Now in the novel, the metaverse is a three-dimensional virtual reality world, but it has its own economy. It has land ownership within the world that can't be taken off its owners um, and uh, it has other things as well such as uh, face recognition and uh, uh, gesture and facial expression uh, software to make sure that people can actually communicate more clearly with each other. Now one of the problems with snow crash is you get metaverse maximalists who say that a metaverse isn't a metaverse unless it mirrors Neil Stevenson's vision exactly. And of course, there is a very simple argument against this, which is that that would mean for your offering to be a metaverse, it would have to be a virtual reality representation situated on a giant black obsidian sphere with a monorail running around it and a nightclub called the Black Sun, where people can duel each other with virtual katana swords. So. Uh, I doubt that there are very many metaverses like that out there. Now, one of the things that is talked about with metaverses, a very key phrase, is the word immersiveness. So the idea is that a metaverse should be immersive. It should take you out of our current reality and put you into a new reality. But the thing is, immersiveness is something that is generated through a presentation layer, but it doesn't have to be three-dimensional headset, um, you know, blocky legless avatars floating around like Mark Zuckerberg seems to want to have. There are plenty of things out there that are immersive and that detach you from reality and put you into an alternate reality which don't involve 3D imagery at all. For example, a good novel can take you out of this world and into another one. Uh, a movie can do so. Even a good piece of music or a really fine piece of art, although that is kind of almost 3D. Um, I find sometimes that if I'm thinking about a mathematics problem, I end up getting detached from reality and I'm in some kind of mathematical modeling world. And in fact, I try not to think about maths when I'm driving the car because it's too distracting, so even though it's boring and it seems like it would be a good opportunity, but for safety's sake, I can't do it. So uh, that's the thing with immersiveness. It doesn't have to be 3D VR, except this seems to be one of the strongest things that has been pinned on the concept of metaverses. And it goes back to Snow Crash. And of course, Neil Stevenson had to have something like that. It's very hard to describe a virtual world purely as a, say, Usenet bulletin board. That would get a bit tedious. It's much more exciting and jazzy to have 3D avatars sparring each other with swords. Uh, so I find it funny that they've got hung up on that. But I guess VR does have that initial wow factor. The problem, of course, is that everything that initially has a wow factor then becomes standard and then is no longer so amazing. And I find VR to be the same. And when I first put on an Oculus Quest 2, I thought for the first five minutes, wow, this is amazing. And then for the next five minutes, I felt nauseous and then I took it off. My kids love it, but no more than they love uh, playing Fortnite on a PlayStation. So back to this idea of an online economy. And really, this means that you are going to need to have something akin to a blockchain. And 
given that we put a lot of work into blockchains, I guess that's the model that makes the most sense. And what that would allow is for this world to actually have a base data layer that is beyond the control of an individual party. And this is the problem we see with Web2 stuff, which is that there are these monolithic companies, incredibly powerful, have all the lawyers and engineers and marketing people that they need in order to get the world shaped into the view that they have. And it doesn't really provide much space for the individual to be creative or for the individual to have a sense of achievement or to um, have a measure of success within such worlds. In the real world, we do have that. Um, you can have it in the form of kudos, say becoming a, a famous academic or a, a popular singer or something like that. And then there is, of course, the other measure, which is financial um, by having success in your career and being able to buy the trappings that allow people to see how successful you really are and right up to becoming a multi-billionaire, at which point it doesn't actually matter that you don't need to have the trappings of sports cars and yachts and stuff like that anymore because you've got the uh, uh, bank balance or rather the shareholdings to show how important you are. So I imagine that kind of stuff will carry over into the metaverse, but it, it can't really carry over beyond the level of a simple game without the sense that you actually do truly own the, th the prizes of your success. And that requires things like cryptocurrencies and NFTs, um, things that you can actually own. And it requires self-sovereign identity, an identity that you are truly in control of, rather than some company out there being able to overwrite the database, kick you off, ban you because they don't like you. So uh, I think one final thing that I would like to talk about is revisiting an old topic of mine, which started in a video series I called Levels and Layers. Uh, in a more recent video, I started talking about the presentation layer versus the data layer. And the thing is that the presentation layer, your 3D rendering of this world, is something that will be provided to you by a company. You know, they will design the graphics and they will make sure that the right rendering software is there in order to put the images in front of your eye. But the fact is that as time goes on, users become more and more able to subvert or alter that presentation layer. And similarly, the companies can actually lie to you through that presentation layer. But back to the first thing in that sentence, I'm thinking here about Web2, where a company designs a website and they decide what they want it to look like to you on your browser or on your phone. And initially, users have to just accept that for what it is which can be incredibly annoying if the interface is very, very badly designed. But then over time, we start seeing add-on tools that allow us to subvert the presentation layer. So I'm thinking here of things like advertising blockers, or if you're a little bit more clued up on coding, there are things out there such as Grease Monkey or Tampa Monkey, which are plugins that actually allow you to load a web page and then alter it and play with it so that it looks more like a page that you would like to see. I used this once in a previous job where a test website where we had to enter test results had this awful green on blue text so I couldn't actually read some of uh, the tests that were being flashed up on the screen so I used a Tampa Monkey plugin to swap that for uh, black on light grey which meant that I could read it. Um, I couldn't get the developers behind that particular web page to change their rather garish color choices. So I think we'll see the same with metaverses, which is that the 
devs may well decide that they want to present the world to you in a particular way you will be able to change that because ultimately it's just the surface it's just the gloss over the whole thing and there has to be some substance underneath it and again i'll reiterate i think that substance the data layer from which the presentation is derived that's the bit that has to be tamper proof has to be decentralized and has to allow for ownership of both identity and assets in some kind of real and meaningful manner. Anyway, I said this was going to be a bit of a mess and I have wandered all over the place. No doubt there are various people bristling about various things I've said and hopefully some people are nodding their head and thinking, gosh, yes, he's very wise when he says that kind of thing. I'm not, it's all just off the top of my head. But I think it's food for thought and uh, personally, I intend to keep looking at the uh, metaverse idea. I think it's got something going for it because it seems to be tapping into a certain need and desire and we don't really know where these things are going to go until they go there. I never thought that NFTs were really going to take off and yet they seem to be the first major um, step that allows people to um, wander into the world of blockchain even if they don't have a particularly high level of technical competence and that's a good thing. Um, even if ultimately at the moment they are a bit frivolous, the fact is if for every hundred people who go and buy a few PFPs, uh, one or two of them go and actually decide I'd like to learn how to code or I'd like to learn a bit more about how tokenomics works or something like that, well that can only be a good thing. Anyway, I've gone on for far too long in this video, but uh, I hope you found it entertaining. I hope you found it useful in places. Uh, do leave comments if you agree or disagree with anything I've said. I like nothing more than a good debate. And I'll uh, see you all in the next video soon. Bye for now.